Hello there, I'm Graham VK4BB. This is the WIA National News for week commencing November 25. And Australian is new head of ITU committee. The International Telecommunications Union Working Party 5A1, dealing with amateur radio, has met to discuss the 5 MHz proposal for the next World Radio Conference in 2015 and a change concerning the use of PSK31. Under the chairmanship of Brennan Price, N4QX, it met in Geneva, Switzerland this month. The discussions about 5 MHz are, at an early stage, a Canadian contribution on the spectral occupancy between 5250 and 5450 kHz was discussed and carried over to the next meeting. A recommendation, Vericode, ITURM, that seeks to establish a telegraphic alphabet and transmission protocol for PSK31 was accepted by the working party. Among its other work done is the continued updating of the Amateur and Amateur Satellite Service Handbook published by the ITU. During the final plenary meeting, the chairman, Brennan Price, N4QX, announced his retirement. He was thanked for his contribution over the past few years. And Dale Hughes, Victor Kilo One, Delta Sierra Hotel, was proposed and will chair the next meeting in May. Congratulations, Dale. The founder of the world's most remote radio station, Radio KOLD, cold Antarctica, turned 90 this week. Steve Grimsley, VK2ZP, set up Radio Cold at Wilkes Base in 1961, and the station is still broadcasting. Radio Cold is on FM these days, 102.5, and still keeps the station in music all through the day. Garrick 2012, hosted by MARTS. The 8th Global Amateur Radio Emergency Communications Conference was held in Port Dixon, Malaysia. Attending the conference November 12-14 to 14 were delegates from nine countries under this year's theme of One World, One Commitment. Among the presentation was one on the Mobile Emergency Weather System, which assists authorities using simple equipment and training. There were status reports from various countries, and these highlighted the differences and similarities in approach to emergency planning. While solutions may not be easy to find, sharing the problems and allowing individual countries to recognise that they were not alone provides valuable support to the global community. GARAC 2012 included two practical activities. These enhanced interpersonal relationships, enabling delegates to work together more efficiently in the future. Future conferences may seek to involve partners in emergency response, such as the International Federation of the Red Cross and the ITU, in accord with the existing Memorandum of Understanding. The delegates thank the Malaysian Amateur Radio Transmitter Society in hosting this successful conference. Greetings everyone from the President and Board of the WIA. Recently, residents in south-east Queensland and northern New South Wales have been reminded just how rapidly damaging storms can generate and how little time there is to prepare our property for an onslaught. There's plenty of information available on the preparation of homes, yards, outside furniture and personal survival items, but radio amateurs face additional concerns and decisions related to their hobby and assets. How many of us have compiled and refined a checklist of things to do in preparation for storms and the curly wind season? and another for when the arrival of them is imminent. Each amateur station has its own unique characteristics which determine the sequence of preventive maintenance inspections and actions to maximise the chances of station survival. For example, a tower guy is still sound. 
The external galvanising may appear good, but as internal corrosion started and lowered the braking strain of the cable. Can all cabling to the tower, both RF and control, be rapidly disconnected and widely separated from your equipment, ideally outside onto the ground? Can the station be isolated from mains power? Can the station ground be easily and quickly disconnected and physically separated from the station equipment? Does your telescopic tower need to be fully extended when not in use? As we leave our home, for whatever reason, have we done the simple things to increase the probability of the survival of our station equipment in the event a tempest strikes no absence? Perhaps we adopt the she'll be right mate attitude, but this is not a consoling recollection as you dismantle the fried equipment and consign it to history and ponder what went wrong. The if only I had thoughts are not worth much in the aftermath of station damage. So please pick up pen and paper and work out your plan of preventive inspection and maintenance plus the actions and their sequence to be taken in preparing your station to ride out a storm or coily wind, especially those that arrive at short notice or unexpectedly. This has been you on VK4RM for the WIA board. VK3, the Homebrew Constructors Group of Amateur Radio Victoria, will meet Saturday, December 8 at 2pm, 40G Victory Boulevard, Ashburton, for a show-and-tell day. Talking of show-and-tell days, the Reese November show-and-tell night was a very inspiring evening of show-and-tell. Tom VK7TL showed a stereo microscope. Rick VK7RO showed his interesting vernier drive and atlas transceiver he has restored. Bob VK7ZL his digital QRP transmitter and active antenna. Warren VK7FWET showed a homebrew CW panel and 40 metre CW QRP transmitter. This is from the 60s, used at the Antarctic Division, and it still works. Andrew, VK7FAAJ, showed a 1920s Howe crystal receiver he's about to start restoring. And Justin, VK7Tango Whiskey, showed his VK3XU design valve 160 80-metre transmitter and a Cosmos 4000 car alarm. The highlight of the evening was Tony, VK7TU, with his homebrewed calculator, audio spectrum analyzer, computer trainer and lightning controllers. In VK4, the VK4 TUB wormhole FBBS back online after a break of seven years. Yes, up and running as a part of the resurgence of packet radio sweeping the world. He'd been missing his packet fix, that's Tubby VK7 TUB, since closing in 2005, but has now reopened it. So how do you access the VK4 TUB wormhole FBBS? Well, it's currently running one radio port on 145.175 in that uh, Townsville area. The system is currently running one Telnet port with seven channels configured for either user or forward type. To find out more, read the text edition on wia.org.au. What use is an F-call? Arthur C. Clarke pointed out that any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic, and so it is with amateur radio. We're celebrating over a century of radio, and most of that is about learning, about transforming knowledge, applying that, and coming up with new solutions for problems. What Use is an F-Call started 44 episodes ago. 
During that time, I've talked about what amateur radio is about, what you can do with a foundation call, how to involve yourself in the hobby, how to ask questions, where to go for help, and many other topics. As I've said all along, I'm a new amateur. I've been in this hobby less than two years, and every day I learn something new. From the feedback I'm getting, what I'm doing is striking a chord for many amateurs, and I'm happy that it does. Ultimately, the aim of this is to encourage amateurs to experiment, to talk, to interact, and not to be afraid to make mistakes. Some of those topics are specific to new hams, but some might relate to you even if you've had a license for much longer. I'd like to see what uses in F-Core evolve into something that you can participate in. Your contribution might be a simple email that tells of an experience you had at some time, or it might be an outline of an idea that you'd like to see discussed. For me, amateur radio is magical. It's a technically challenging hobby that encourages me to investigate and learn. What does amateur radio mean for you? If you'd like to get in touch, my email address is victorkilo6 foxtrot lima alpha bravo at harg.org.au, hotel alpha romeo golf.org.au. I'm Ono, victorkilo6 foxtrot lima alpha bravo. You've tuned the WIA National News Service from VK1WIA across Australia. And home of the good guys, a true act of true humanity. It isn't often you hear a story like this, but when you do, it makes one proud to be a member of the human race. Amateur Radio Newsline's Bruce Tennant, K6PZW reports. Gene Bean Baxter is a personality of CBS Radio's KROQFM in Los Angeles. He's entertained L.A. audiences since 1990 alongside his on-the-air partner Kevin Ryder as part of the Kevin and Bean Morning Show team. In addition to making a multitude of over-the-air friends, Bean, as he is known, has also created long-standing relationships with those inside the KROQ offices. In that vein, he recently announced that he will become a kidney donor to help a longtime staffer. The recipient of Bean's generosity will be Scott Mason and one CBS, who is the Director of Engineering for CBS Radio on the West Coast and who's been with the company in a variety of capacities since 1979. This will be the second transplant for Mason, who's had kidney problems for most of his adult life. He underwent a previous transplant from a cadaver in 1999 that lasted about 10 years. He currently undergoes daily dialysis and calls Bean's decision to donate a kidney to him as a game-changer. Bean Baxter calls it a no-brainer. Wishing them both, Mason and Bean, a quick recovery from this upcoming and life-changing surgery, I'm Bruce Tennant, K6PZW in Los Angeles. With international news, I'm Jason, VK2LAW. Work proceeding on recovery of AO27. AMSAT Oscar 27 is down but not out. This according to controllers who are working to return the satellite's FM repeater back to service. Here's the backstory. In October, AO27 was restored to running on its primary bootloader program. Control operators were able to turn on the transmitter for a short time on several occasions. Also required were multiple recoveries to a stuck AFSK modem. During recovery efforts, AO27 crashed a couple of times. Then the transmitter was left on in an attempt to discharge the batteries with the hope that faults could be cleared. Once the battery was recharged, the high-level software aboard AO27 ran for a few seconds before locking up. The team was able to reset it back to the bootloader yet again. Telemetry indicates AO27 is locking up while fetching telemetry from the hardware. 
As such, controllers say that it does not look like there will be a quick resolution to this crash. In the meantime, the AO27 controllers are asking the ham radio public not to attempt to use AO27 if you hear it in analogue mode. This to prevent interfering with the command team's recovery efforts. Boeing unveils EMP drone. From our technology page, it appears as if science fiction has become a military fact. This after a successful missile test has ushered a new era of warfare in which the military can take out electronic targets without destroying a single building or harming human beings. Amateur Radio Newsline's Bill Pasternak, WA6ITF, is here with the story. According to news reports, back on October 16th, an experimental missile called CHAMP fired bursts of high-power microwave energy at an unoccupied site to damage computers and other electronic systems during a test at the Utah Test and Training Range. The counter-electronics high-power microwave advanced missile project flew over the Utah site and brought down the compound's entire spectrum of electronic systems, apparently without producing any other damage at all. Even cameras recording the test were shut down. Keith Coleman is the CHAMP program manager for Boeing Phantom Works. He says that in the near future, this technology may be used to render an enemy's electronic and data systems useless even before the first troops or aircraft arrive. The idea of using microwaves and electronic pulses to knock out electronic systems without having to reduce cities or military bases to rubble first arose during the Cold War nuclear test. There, scientists found that explosions created electromagnetic or EMP pulses that damaged some civilian power grids and other facilities. For the Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Bill Pasternak, WA6ITF. I'm in the newsroom in Los Angeles. This Weird and Wonderful comes to us courtesy of the South Australian branch of the Historical Radio Society of Australia. I'm John VK2JJW. The Ten Commandments of Electronics. 1. Beware of the lightning that lurks in an undischarged capacitor, lest it cause thee to be bounced upon thy backside in a most ungentlemanly manner. 2. Cause thou the switch that supplies large quantities of juice to be opened and thus tagged, so thy days may be long in the world. 3. Prove to thyself that all circuits that radiateth and upon which thou worketh are grounded, lest they lift thee to high-frequency potential and cause thee to radiate. 4. Take care thou useth the proper method when thou takest the measure of high-voltage circuits, so that thou dost not incinerate both thee and the meter. For verily, thou hast no account number, and can be easily replaced. The meter doth have one, and as a consequence bringeth much woe upon the supply department. 5. Tarry not amongst those who engage in intentional shocks, for they are surely non-believers, and not long for this world. 6. Take care thou tampereth not with interlocks and safety devices, for this will incur the wrath of thy seniors, and bring the fury of the safety officer down upon thy head and shoulders. 7. Work not upon energized equipment, for if thou doest, thy buddies will surely be buying beer without thee, and the space at the bar will be filled by another. 8. 
Verily, I say unto thee, never service high-voltage equipment alone, for electric cooking is a slothful process, and thou might sizzle for hours on end before thy maker sees fit to end thy misery and drag thee into his fold. 9. Trifle not with radioactive equipment, lest thou commence to glow in the dark like unto a lightning bug. 10. Commit thee to memory the words of the prophets, which are written in instruction books, which giveth thou the straight dope, and which consoleth thee, and thou canst not make mistakes. Here endeth the Ten Commandments of Electronics. Thanks, John. Always get a chuckle out of that one. You've tuned the WIA National News Service across Australia from VK1WIA. As this news penetrates the ether, two contests completely different are in full force. Hello, I'm Felix, VK4FUQ. CQ's DX Contest, CW and the WIA Spring VHF UHF Field Day in November 24 and 25. Then three biggies before 2013 rolls around. AWL 160m Contest, November 30. Ritty Melee, December 1. AWL 10m Contest, December 8 and 9. With special event stations, DX and Beacon and that advice, we learn of another operation from the Sand Pit. Yes, as an Afghanistan operation. Mike, KI4MRH, is active as T6MH from Afghanistan and expects to be there until October 2013. Activity will be on 80 to the 10 metres, no 30 metres, using SSB and the digital modes of PSK31, PSK63 and JT65. He will use 100 watts SSB and 30 watts digital into a 40 metre inverted V and a 20 metre vertical. This past week, Mike has been really active on 20, 17 and 15 metres using the digital modes. Also, OPDX was informed that he now has a QSL manager, so QSL via W2GR. Special Event Station GB0IDD UN International Day of Persons with Disabilities Wakefield District Radio Society will be operating the Special Event Station GB0IDD International Disability Day over the weekend of the 1st, the 2nd and the 3rd of December from the Wakefield 23rd Troop Scout HQ in celebration of the day. This United Nations sponsored day of action takes place every year to raise awareness and understanding of disability issues and to promote the independence, inclusion and choice of disabled people and their rights, abilities and well-being worldwide. This year's theme is Removing Barriers to Create an Inclusive and Accessible Society for All. Wakefield District Radio Society has around 30% of its members who are disabled in one way or another. Operation will be mainly, but not exclusively, SSB on the bands 14 to 28 MHz. Awards, Victoria National Parks Weekend a Success. Over three days, an estimated 400 QSOs were amassed by operators who went portable in the numerous national parks in Victoria to give contacts towards the Keith Roger Memorial National Parks Award. The vibe seemed good with so many stations activating the parks last Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Award manager Tony Hambling, VK3VTH, said thank you to all who put national parks on air and those who contacted them. Some of those in national parks had the dual task of putting mountain tops in the logbooks under the Summits of the Air or SOTA program. For example, Peter Fraser, VK3ZPF, activated six national parks in one SOTA summit mostly with QRP into a squid pole antenna, including working Madagascar on 5 watts. The Alpine National Park in Asota was activated by Warren Brown, VK3BYD, on 40 metres CW, giving those chancing that mode a rare opportunity. 
Peter Freeman, VK3PF at eight national parks and five peaks, praised the considerate operations and QSYing on the 40 metres frequency. Jim Linton, VK3PC, said that unfortunately the weather went against Duncan, VK3XBC. Despite several attempts, a storm with hail and snow got in his way. Oh well, there's next year's event, which Tony BK3VTH has revealed will be November 15 to 17 in 2013, and he looks forward to issuing new award certificates. Intruder Watch, Enforcement Zone, Top Monitoring Service Award. John Martin, ZL1GWE, the NZAT Monitoring Service Officer, advises that the recipient of this year's award goes once again to Philip Konza, ZL2TZE. On congratulating Philip on behalf of the NZAOT Council and members, John Martin thanks ZL2TZD for his continued efforts. Mysterious Chinese signals on our bands. Wolf, DK2OM Coordinator, IAA Monitoring System Region 1, reports on strange Chinese signals in the amateur radio bands. Since October 25, we are suffering from mysterious Chinese signals on the 7, 14, 21 and 21010 kHz. At first, the A3E signals were sounding like grunt or moo. Now we are receiving very strong multi-tone signals with a carrier and both sidebands every morning. The signals are also audible on 15,000, disturbing the time signal from RWM Moscow, 18,000, 19,000 and 20,000 kilohertz. The purpose is unknown, perhaps some special kind of encrypted broadcast or a new generation of OTH radar. Please inform your national PTTs for official complaints. Wolf has informed the German PTT. Wolf also reports that a taxi company in the Russian Federation is transmitting FM on 21404.2 kHz daily and all day. He says you can often hear a female voice organising the business. DK2OM asks that we use this frequency for amateur traffic daily. For VK1 WIA National News, I'm Felix VK4FUQ Inningham. Good morning, this is Robert. VK3DN with this week's Worldwide Special Interest Group news. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Final Frontier. Sunita Williams sends warm wishes to kids on Children's Day. DNA India reports that ISS Commander Sunita Williams KD5PLB used ham radio to send a special Children's Day message from space to children in India. They say... Sunita Williams conveyed warm wishes to kids on the occasion of Children's Day celebrations. Gujarat Science City's senior scientist Narottam Sahu said about the interactive session, which was approved by the USA's National Aeronautics and Space Administration. A team of experts set up a ham radio link that connected to the ISS through a centre in Italy, he said adding that it's the first time ever communications have been received by schoolchildren in any state of India after Williams left for her second space expedition this July. For 20 children, it was a memorable day to interact with Williams through ham radio at the government-run Science City. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Radio Scouting, continuing its long tradition of support of amateur radio, ICOM Australia has donated a HF transceiver for use by the special event station VI4ASJ. ICOM has most recently been the donors of D-Star repeater equipment around many of the major population centres of Australia, and its support of the hobby is evident in its paid advertising in the Wireless Institute of Australia journal, Amateur Radio. 
As time grows shorter, activity at the Jamboree site on the Fraser Coast of Queensland is stepping up a notch or three in preparation for the 14 to 15,000 scouts and leaders gathering from Australia and overseas. Meriburra Showgrounds and Equestrian Park will be home to the participants and activities planned include excursions as far away as Bundaberg and the sandy piece of Fraser Island. Almost as a trial for the real event, storms tore property apart throughout southern Queensland over the weekend just gone. One of the victims was the multiband vertical belonging to Albert, VK4POW, which had been erected for Jota, and now requires replacement parts from its USA manufacturer. This antenna will not be joining Albert at AJ 2013. The shopping list is being refined as the equipment for VI4ASJ is adjusted and the members of the local radio club merge get ready for the biggest event in the club's history. Reporting for WIA News, I'm Jeff, VK4ZPP. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Rescue Radio. Earthquake in Guatemala. The rescue and relief work in San Marcos, Guatemala, a mountainous region bordering Mexico that was hit by a 7.4 scale earthquake claiming the lives of at least 52 people earlier this month, was aided by emergency communications provided by radio amateurs. International Amateur Radio Union Region 2 Emergency Communications Coordinator Cesar Pio Santos, HR2P, said he was very proud of the work done during and after the earthquake on November the 8th, despite the difficult times. Cesar HR2P thanked the members of the club, the Radio Aficionados de Guatemala, for their outstanding efforts. He was responding to a report from Marco Aurelio, TG8 AMP, who was in charge of the emergency network. About 10,000 houses have been affected by the earthquake, with authorities setting up 11 rescue centres for the homeless. It was the worst to hit Guatemala since 1976, when a 7.5 magnitude earthquake caused the death of about 23,000 people in one of the worst natural disasters of the time. Again, relief efforts were helped by the work of radio amateurs. Well, that's all I have for you this week. This has been Robert, VK3DN, reporting from Melbourne. Thanks, Robert. Well, that takes us to the end of WIA National News for another week. Just time to leave you with the social scene. November 25, of course, today, Sunday, VK3 is Spark Hamfest at Rosebud. Miena Hamfest in VK7 is December 1. Then through to 2013, May 24-25 in VK6, it's the WIA AGM and Conference in Perth. August 17-18, 2013, it's the International Lighthouse and Lightship Weekend. November 3, VK5, 2013, the Adelaide Hills Amateur Radio Society's Hamfest at Goodwood. And November 15-17 to 17 in VK3, Victorian National Parks Weekend. Till we meet again, I'm Graham, VK4BB. Walk softly.